Hello, everybody. Hello there. You're about to watch the debut of season three. Number three, number three, number three, number three. Numero trois, numero trois, numero trois. The Grand Trace. It's Trace. This is a thank you from your wonderful co-hosts coming live from, you know, wherever the hell we are on a given day. We'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast. And as a reminder, don't eat paper. Don't drink Lysol. And without further ado. Good morning, everybody. It's the Bickers Report. 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 Season three? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Come on. Good morrow. It is us here again from my usual studios here in Belmont. And it is your host, Ansaldo Gianetto. And oh. Gordon Grosh. You can call me Gord for short. Today we will be discussing a mega platinum quiz show, What's for Cockta Now? And discussing three top topics related to this week's entertainment news. But in between, we have the debut of a Buffalo food correspondent who will be giving us a live review of an amazing food item we discussed a few weeks back. We begin with What's Fakakta Now, our weekly quiz show, when we ask you in this time of chaos, what has gone off the rails now in a way that makes you doubtful about whether humanity has or deserves a future. In the 18 hours after the president on Thursday made his bogus and absurd claim, which he later said was a sarcastic joke, that the COVID-19 virus might be cured by, quote, injection, which of the following were reported to have spiked in comparison to the same 18 hours last year? A. New subscriptions to The Onion B. New Yorkers contacting the Poison Control Center C. Americans buying plane tickets to Moscow D. 2016 Bernie supporters suffering concussions from smacking their foreheads A hundred and... (laughs) And the answer is... Have you picked your answer? The answer is B! According to data obtained by the Daily News, the Poison Control Center only handled 13 similar cases in the same 18-hour period last year. Moreover, out of the cases reported between Thursday and Friday, 9 were specifically about possible exposure to Lysol. 10 were in regards to bleach, and 11 about household cleaners in general. I think exposure to Lysol is kind of a euphemism. I mean, I don't know really how you get exposed dangerously to Lysol unless you're chugging it, right? But but it's nice that the Daily News was elliptical about yes, that. Yes, yes. Question number two. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, whose really irresponsible actions have reminded us all that you can't spell verklempt without K-E-M-P, announced this week that various kinds of essential businesses would be permitted to reopen in his state, a move that even drew objections from the president and vice president, (laughs) who, as it turned out, had approved of it before the governor made his announcement. Which of the following were included in the essential businesses that the Georgia governor announced himself ready to reopen as essential to getting his state's economy going again? Was it A, nail salon? 111. B, bowling alleys? 110. C, tattoo parlors? 109. Or D, all of the above? 111. Yes, you can't fool Bickers Report listeners. Or co-hosts. Whom the Sarovnima poll have... By the way, Sarovnima means 
poll in Uzbek, really? whom the Sarovnama poll have shown to be 16% more likely to remain conscious after smacking themselves in the forehead, and who are also incredibly well positioned to draft a disgruntled star. Mm. It is all of the above. Oh. So if you live in Macon and you've been just desperate to get a tattoo and get your nails done and then go bowling, maybe you're even all in the right state. Boy, am I glad our golf correspondent lives in Kentucky oh, where he's boy. safe. Yeah. Oh, boy. And just a reminder that Bickers Report is sponsored by Grunion's Onion-Scented Gums and Breath Mints. Where you have nothing to say, go to Grunion's. Now the main event on today's show. During our much Ballyhooed April 10 podcast <laughs> broadcast, we noted that new Buffalo Bills wide receiver Stefan Diggs had been commemorated by a Buffalo establishment of fine dining called Stack Burger with his own sandwich, the Can You Diggs It Burger. And we hoped at that time that a noted Buffalo gourmet we have the privilege to number among our close acquaintances might review the dish for us. Well, today is the day. Please welcome to the Bickers Report our gourmet foods correspondent thank you thank you so much i am overjoyed to be joining you two this morning uh, or this afternoon depending on where you are in the country uh to talk a little bit about this delicious amazing burger guys you so, have you yeah. have much more enthusiasm than a youth correspondent yeah this i don't know whether you've ever heard our youth correspondent but he can be a little bit of a downer you're bringing joy and ebulence to our maybe he uh, made some of the can you dig it burger anything that involves eating a tasty delicious burger is going to bring that kind of joy to my life so Wonderful. i have a real special treat for you all i'm going to actually do a bit of a live review but before i do this live eating review i'm going to tell you a little bit about what is the amazingness of this burger? So they already told you a couple weeks ago, named after Stefan Diggs, recently traded to the Buffalo Bills football team. This burger is comprised of four signature patties from Stack Burger. Each patty is something you would get individually, but it's now been fused into the massive monstrosity that is known as the Kenya Diggit Burger. So this burger comes with a bacon blue patty, which is fused with crumbled blue cheese, big cut bacon, creamy blue cheese spread. It comes with the demon patty, which is a spice burger with jalapenos, banana peppers, and garlic parm mayo. It comes with a vini patty, mozzarella cheese, pepperoni, and cherry pepper bruschetta. And it's topped off with a rodeo patty, which is onion rings, cheese, and a Loganberry house-made brown sugar barbecue sauce. Wow. This is wow. a amazing burger. Each one of those patties alone is worth it on its own. They have fused it together into the massive, beautiful, delicious Can You Dig a Burger. So, if you got the time and you got the belly capacity for it, I highly recommend trying this burger. I'm going to take a bite now. Let's see how it goes. This burger. Oh, it sounds oh, good. Gosh. That that bite really. I got into all four patties in one bite. I have a big mouth. Oh wow! Wow, that's impressive. And I'm tasting the blue cheese. I'm tasting the bacon. I'm tasting the barbecue sauce. Guys, when I tell you, I can dig this burger. It's amazing. If you're in Lackawanna which is just south of Buffalo, go to Stack Burger, get the Kenya Digger Burger. I highly, highly recommend it. So the, the word that really leaps out at me from your review is the word fused when you talk about the relation of the burgers to one another. Would you, would you say the burgers come together as one mass or do they retain their individual integrity as separate burgers? And would you say that maybe a field trip to Stack Burger would be good for local chemistry classes? <laughs> yeah, good point, good point. As a symbol, this burger comes in a container that is just, it's stacked 
pieces of top. You can't even stack the burger because it's so big. You can't stack burger, right? Ha-ha. Uh, but mm. in this case, those four patties are so thick, so stuffed with all that delicious goodness that the chemistry of it is unmatched. You, you still get the distinctive taste of each burger as I bit through it. It was kind of like going into the seven layers of hell. I felt each different torturous pleasure of each bite as I went through with my chompers. So, yes, you can individually distinguish the taste of each patty separately, but together it blends into a heavenly toast that is unlike anything I've ever had. So, gourmet reviewer, are you a football fan by any chance? You know, I'm a casual fan at best, but for this... You could call me right there in the front line. Okay, wow. so let me. So here's here's another question. So Stefan Diggs is a wide receiver, as I understand it. Correct. And and a wide receiver, you'd want to be sort of lean and swift. I can see the four burger patty to celebrate. Let's say a, a middle lineman on either offense or defense, or maybe a particularly powerful tight end or linebacker. But how, how should we make sense of the, the sheer size and stackedness of the Can You Digs It burger as a tribute to Stefan Diggs himself? Yeah, I think that explosive power that's going to come from that wide receiver position would probably not benefit from a pre-game Can You Dig It burger, but uh-huh. a great post-celebratory game uh, burger sounds wow. just like what's the Oh, I that's see. That's some brilliant thinking right there. I see. So, uh, now what, because I, I was thinking today whether post-touchdown celebrations might be curtailed this season as they try to achieve different kinds of distancing. And that's now it occurs to me that really the best way really to celebrate a Buffalo Bill win this year might be for everyone on the team to have a Can You Digs It burger. Mm. I think that we can say officially that dumping Gatorade on the coach is out and pouring more barbecue sauce on your Can You Dig It burger. <laughs> yes, excellent. The Ligonberry barbecue sauce is the new post-game dump of choice. Oh, boy. That's correct. Wow. Wow. We heard you heard it here we first, it here football first. fans. This is a positive scoop. This is a, this is a, an insight you just aren't gonna find on ESPN. Well, That's right, y'all. Is there is there anything else we should be asking you about the can you digs it before we have uh, the comments? I think that's a that's a good place to start right now. I would recommend if you want to try any of those other burgers on their own without the, the massive intensive pressure of completing in a pound burger challenge that is the can you dig it, that you should just go buy stack burger anytime you can if you're in the area and see what other tasty bigger burgers you can try from there. Wow. You know, I do I do have to say that I'm hoping that Stefan Diggs and Stack Burger will go for renaming the thing slightly to the Can You Dig It burger. Because the way you say that just seems to me much more appealing than the Can You Digs It burger. You know, I think it's just classier to have it be called the Can You Dig It burger. You don't like puns? I, I agree. I think that if you just have a better ring to it. Yeah, I get yeah. 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 But, yeah, thank you guys for this opportunity. You know, if you're ever in the Buffalo, New York area, definitely check out the Can You Digs It burger. We and will go there with you. Wow, we will yes, depend exactly. on you as you our val- valuable guide. Yes. Would you be willing to stay on for our last Serendipitous Sunday segment? Sounds great to me, yeah. Okay, you just chime in if anything uh, occurs to you. 
that um, that you know is of interest to you. Well, first, great. first of all, I got a call from today's episode sponsor, Grunion's Onion Scented Gums. They're withdrawing their sponsorship <laughs> after that spot. They say the Can You Digs It burger is going to be better than any um, any onion scented gum. So so much for that. We are no longer sponsored by them. Goodbye, so, Grunions. Goodbye, Grunions. All right. Moving on, on Friday. On Friday, Juice World's family released his first posthumous, mm. posthumous single, mm. Righteous. Mm. The statement about the album also referred to a new charity established by his mother to help struggling youth. Yes. So what do we think? Juice World was kind of a, 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 a very complex character in that he always said that he wanted to bring a lot of peace and light to the world and especially help people in his, in his community, but in all communities with drug abuse and struggles with that. But in his songs, he sang a lot about, about drug abuse and in ways that for some people, I think they saw it as romanticizing it, you know? Hmm. And so I think it's just a great testament to, to, to what he really saw to, as, as his, 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 his focus in life, that she set up this charity. Uh, I follow his mom on Instagram. She you has do. a great feed. Oh, good. Oh, yes, yes. And, uh, no, I, I, I like the single. Uh, I, I, I miss Juice World, and I think this is wonderful. Huh. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, you know, it's always it's always tragic when a young wife is touched short. You know, she's mm. 21, um, and, you know, he, he was just getting started in his career, but I think you made a good point there that, you know, there's, there's real struggles that he knew he was facing and that's common in the industry sometimes with music. And I think that, you know, hopefully this, this post-humorous release and the subsequent work of this foundation can really help get, uh, you know, more young people the help they need to help them know that, you know, it definitely gets better. And you got so much life to live. You know, don't let drugs, don't let alcohol, you know, really bring you down before you even really get going. Yeah, wow. it really struck me looking at the lyrics of this song that a they're really smart, they're really oh, no, interesting they the lyrics, and b that you'd really have to stretch to think of them as a celebration of of Definitely. drugs in in what he says. Definitely. He's really thoughtful. Yeah. Okay, next item. Marvel's Endgame premiered a year ago today. How do we think the movie stands up after year after a year? Will delaying the next Marvel movies, such as Black Widow, which was supposed to open this coming week, have an effect on Marvel's prominence? So, you know, what, what I wonder is whether it doesn't just open a door. You know, whether... Well, just... It, there is this lag, right? Yeah. There is this time when people aren't getting new Marvel material. So, the timing of when Black Widow or whatever is the next moving they're going to relative to whatever is the next hot thing. I don't think it's going to be that tiger guy, you know, but but if there is some action thing that catches on, especially because I think Homer Entertainment is getting an advantage relative to the no, movies. Definitely. Are people going to want to flock back? This goes a little bit to the next right. question. Will but will people want to flock back to the movies? Suppose Stranger Things is the thing that launches it's next season right i don't know whether they had filming done but something like that suppose that happens right before the movie theater is open i'd like to trust marvel to make these decisions i don't i don't trust see the big thing with solo you know we loved the movie solo when yes the star was but but they put it out right next to what was it infinity war endgame it was one of those they put it out after one of those big 
movies and no one wa- went to it. They yeah. were, but I trust Well, and, 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 and I think that's a great point. You know, I, I think that, you know, with this Marvel Cinematic Universe, it's so big, it's so complex, right? Lots of moving parts. I, I know I just read yesterday that with Spider-Man, the third one being delayed, that now puts you back the timeline yeah. for all mm. the other Marvel movies. So Doctor Strange is now delayed. The new Thor movie is delayed. So in thinking about, you know, the Black Widow movie that was supposed to come out um, this month, I think it's really challenging because, you know, Marvel's movies are pretty big, right? These are yeah. billion-dollar-making movies, and some movies, sure, can go to the home entertainment space and they'll be okay, right? But Marvel movies are things where Disney knows they're leaving a lot of money on the table. So that choice of do you delay versus do you release on online streaming options mm. and charge an exorbitant fee per movie rental, it, it brings up a lot of questions and challenges. Yeah. So. It'll it'll be interesting to see, especially as some states are starting to think about opening up movie theaters. But who's going to want to go to the theater, even if it's six feet apart, when you aren't sure if you're going to catch something? So it's a real real tough pickle there. Thank you. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that very well said. So Billboard released an interesting article this week that discussed excerpts from its coverage of the 1918 flu epidemic. Oh, I had boy. no idea that Billboard went <laughs> back that, that far, but it's been around for, yeah, no, it's been around forever. Oh, no. And, and it turns out that their coverage from 1918 is really interesting because they were focused on, as you'd imagine, what entertainment venues had been closed and when they were opening. And it's quite clear that the city's that closed things down most stringently and most quickly were the ones that were quickest to open. Everybody knows about St. Louis as the positive example mm-hmm. that that way. But it turns out this was also true of Boston, which was oh. very draconian shutting the theaters down, but then also was able to open much more quickly than other nice. cities that had been more um, lax. But... It's also quite clear from the coverage that when they were ready to open, all the theater managers said, well, we can't just, you know, turn on a dime and get artists in here. It's going to take us a full month to get going. So I'm wondering if you have any sense of what the impact on all of this is going to be on live in-person performance in the long run. Do you think young people in particular are going to be eager to get back to clubs and concerts? Or is all that a set of behaviors that are going to have to be relearned over time for a generation that had that behavior really interrupted as a part of its daily life. You know, I think what you have to count on, I think what you, there's, there's one wonderful, endearing quality that all people my age share. Mm. We're complete idiots. We're yes. going to be flocking. I'm ready to go back to the clubs right now. I you see. know, I, yes. If, yes. If they open it up today, you know, just give me some Lysol to chug on the way in and I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm ready yes. to dance. Yes. I'm ready to party. I think, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm totally, I think we'll be flocking back to the clubs and concerts. The, we'll help the entertainment economy, you know, and uh, nothing can stop yeah. the generation. I think that that's, a, that's an interesting perspective. And I think depending on your generation and where you are with things, that, that changes things. You know, I recently had purchased tickets to uh, a show at the local theater that got postponed until September. You know, hopefully everything was back to normal. And I was excited, but I also was thinking to myself, you know, am I prepared to go back into a cramped space in September, right? I'm thinking about something mm. now, months into the future, that I've never really had to worry about before, right? Who knows what the state of our country will be like, the state of our world will be then. We expect, we hope that it will be better, right? So we know that we would get back to normal. But I do think there are going to be a population of folks who will definitely re- rethink their large, live-scale events that they may be attending or going to 
you know, I also worry about the economic challenges of, you know, are we going to expect to see higher ticket prices for lost revenues? Are we going to see an increase in things like that for making up for monies that were lost over the last, you know, several months? So, you know, I think this is going to be a lot of factors that are going to be impacting the entertainment industry for a while. You know, movie tickets, what, we're talking on average $10 maybe, so and see a movie, that could be a little bit easier for people to go. But, you know, if you're someone that was impacted by a lost job... Yeah, what if the Lysol is too expensive? Hmm. You know, right. it, it, also, this is the first time that it occurs to me that the recovery may be completely different seasonally in the southern versus the northern hemisphere. Because if, if when they're imagining there might be a vaccine, when it might really be possible to imagine people going back, is in the dead of winter, in January mm-hmm. or February 2021, that's a very different kind of thing to imagine is going into cramped theaters and clubs as opposed to going to some outdoor venue during the summer. I know when I I think about it, I feel a lot more comfortable imagining practicing some kind of social distancing in a wide open space, like in a minor league ballpark that we go to where there are a lot of empty seats. And anyway, and big open areas in the grandstand, right. or an outdoor music festival where you could space right. people apart, as opposed to a little club like one we have in town here, where everybody's kind of smushed together. I, I think that's a very different proposition. So it'll be in- interesting to see. But fortunately, the way you describe your generation, they won't make these oh, distinctions no, whatsoever. Would, don't worry. Don't they worry. They will just be. We're not letting that <laughs> stop us. We're unstoppable. You know, generation change. Hashtag, change the world and drink some Lysol. Well, I think Buffalo correspondent, you have. I see from the timer you've brought us to our longest ever episode, which I think is going to just completely bum out our youth correspondent, who's been oh, aiming yeah, to get us over twenty minutes for, for a long time. So oh boy. when he next appears, we got to get it down under. We're going to bring some sleeping bags. <laughs> yeah. We're going to be here all. Oh, yeah. But if I if ever it was worth it for us to extend things, it was for having you on. Wow, I think that yeah, was just wonderful. this is that a, just really a fantastic was, debut. I definitely appreciate that opportunity. And and I hope you will be returning. And we I hope really you'll do. start already thinking about what other Buffalo food items or food establishments you might be trying out for us. For because if if there's one place that I think people imagine getting to when we're all free to travel, it's Buffalo. Yes. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's the most exciting little city in New York. You know, I, I just think that the effect of, of your reviews and the Bickers report coming together may be to really identify Buffalo as the garden yeah, spot of the North. Yeah, this could be a major demographic shift as people flock to, wow. Yeah. Yep. I just think I think of all the people from Nicholsville who are looking for I'm, a place exactly. to go to and Buffalo may be may be the destination. You know what for they them. say, Nicholsville and Buffalo, sister cities. Well, you, well, you never know. You never know. Close us no. out. Yes. Well, that's been another multi sensational broadcast brought to you not by Grunion's onion scented gums and breath mints, where apparently if you have something to say you shouldn't go to Grunion's. That's about all the time we have today, apparently. That we probably had much more time, but you know, we don't we hate to extend this. So coming to you again from a place wherever the hell we are. It's Thelmont. <laughs> help me out here. Yeah, Thelmont, you said. <laughs> it's the Bickers Report. Uh, thank you very much. Alright, have a good one.
Without, Without further ado, happy bickering! bickering.